Strangers Podcast. It is Thursday, August 4th, and I am your host, Furby Montano, otherwise known as Chubby Elvis. And hey, thanks for joining me today. We have got an awesome guest this week on the show. Her name is Emma McTeague. Now, Emma is a musician who's based out of Boston. Uh, she's also a student at the Berklee College of Music. Now, I, as a music school grad myself, albeit on the other side of the country in California, um, it was really cool talking to someone who's in music school now and seeing how different it looks these days. I uh, graduated from music school 10 years ago, and it was very cool talking to someone who is in that process now and seeing how different it is and also how much hasn't really changed. It was also cool for me seeing the next generation of musicians, um, you know, the, the Gen Z, quote unquote, if you will, um, and seeing where their writing process comes from and seeing who their influences are, because a lot of them are people that are around my age and who I kind of came up with, um, where they saw them as children and they became their influences, which is really cool to see. On top of that, Emma and I talked about life, talked about moving, talked about New Mexico, Colorado, Massachusetts, and uh, she's actually a really cool person. She's a lot of fun, very interesting has a very cool way of viewing the world, and I, I really enjoyed talking with her, and I hope we can get her back on the show soon. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Emma McTeague, and thank you so much for listening. All right, now we're recording. Emma, nice to, to formally meet you after, like we just said, about a year of following each other. So Yeah, it's nice to meet you too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. I've loved your music and I love that you're a music student. I was a fellow music student back in the day. So I always like sharing the love. It's crazy. It's a lot, but it's good. I just <laughs> finished finals. So I'm finally relaxing for a second. Congratulations. Thank you. How, uh, how far along are you in your, your school? I, I am Berkeley. Of course they go by semesters because they mm -hmm. like to be extra and different. Um, I will be starting my fourth semester back in the fall when, when we come back. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I went to a musician's Institute and they like to go by levels. So you're level one mm -hmm. through one through six, I think it was. So it was, yeah, I, I know the music school, they like, they like to, like you said, be extra. <laughs> yeah. What's uh what's Berkeley like? I've, I don't know a whole lot of people that have gone there. It is incredibly inspiring and also incredibly intimidating and draining in the way that like a lot of people explain it. It's like you're constantly doing music, but you never have time to be creative, which is such a weird dichotomy. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can feel that sentiment <laughs> right here. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's cool. And what's your uh, what's your focus in school? I am studying to be a engineer slash producer. Um, yeah, it's really freaking awesome. Like just to like go in and be in studios as your classroom just seems like you're going to the playground. It's incredible. That's really awesome. 
Yeah. And um, did you produce all your own music that you have up on Spotify? I, I would say I like, I was an associate producer on my EP. Okay. Um, but I have produced and engineered everything else that is up there. Yeah. Very cool. Did you mm-hmm. play? Did you play all the instruments on the album, or, or excuse me, on your songs and your EP and everything? Or my EP, I worked with a band, which was really cool. It was like my first experience ever working with like real musicians. It was completely eye-opening. It was actually the reason I came to Berkeley because I was like, oh my gosh, this is what music can be like, and it's the reason why I'm studying to be a producer now. Yeah, That's but on cool. my own songs i i did everything like every single instrument is all me that's awesome yeah. how, how many how many intru- instruments do you play um that's funny because at berkeley it's like oh how many instruments do you play and they'll be like i only play bass but they are also like rip at piano and guitar and drums and everything so i as a berkeley student say i only play guitar but talking to anybody else i say i also play piano and I can play bass also. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how like when you're a quote unquote guitar player, because that's what I went to school for was guitar, yeah. but you also play piano. You feel like, I don't know if this is just me or what have you, but I always feel so inferior when I'm around people who can play like really, really well. Cause I'm like, yeah, I can play some chords, but I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not that. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So you went to, to, to school for guitar yeah that's amazing yeah i went to uh i studied guitar performance at a musicians institute which i graduated 10 years ago now so it's been yeah. a while but um yeah it was interesting uh interesting experience that's for sure especially you feel the same way about it like creatively wise creativity um no if i'm being honest um yeah i so well, I guess yes and no. So my experience was uh, I went in there as a more of a songwriter thinking I was a guitar player. And mm-hmm. then when I got there, I realized, oh, I don't really know shit about guitar, like at all. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they, they broke me down a lot and made me be like, you're terrible, but we're going to make you not terrible. And mm-hmm. um, once I got over my my ego more than anything and just mm-hmm. started to learn, um, that's when I, I felt like I could start being more creative again. Um, but it, it took me a minute to get there. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I feel like getting completely, like coming to a school and have them be like, wow, everything you thought you knew is trash. You need to like break <laughs> everything down and start from square one is like, an incredible way to like become really good at something. Oh yeah, 100%, yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. So what was your uh, your background in music before going to school? I was definitely a songwriter primarily. I, I've been writing songs for a while. I, yeah, songwriting mostly. Other than that, I wasn't completely a musician. Like I would have qualified myself as, a, as a, an athlete until most of the way through high school. I think that's what I spent most of my time doing. Yeah. Very cool. And what, yeah. what got you what got you into music? Taylor Swift, if I'm gonna be completely honest. <laughs> I've I've gone on record many times saying I think Taylor Swift is just as influential as people like Eddie Van Halen with getting oh. people to pick up a guitar. Completely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Boomer guitar players get really mad at me when I say that. I'm like, dude, all the students that I've had, 90% of them are like, yeah, Taylor Swift, hands down. Like, look at Olivia Rodrigo and like, like literally everybody. They're like, who inspired you? Everybody says Taylor Swift. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When Taylor Swift first came out, because I think she's a year younger than me. Uh-huh. And I, I wanted to hate her so bad because I was like 18 and like, no, I'm against everything pop music, you know, that whole phase. Yeah. And I couldn't hate her. Like she was just so talented. I couldn't deny she's that. Good. Yeah. 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 She's very, very talented. And the fact that she's so calculated in everything she does, I have to give her credit. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of her music, but I am a fan of hers. It's incredible how calculated she is. I strive to be that organized in any aspect of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned Taylor Swift because that's what I was thinking when I was listening to your music. Yeah, it shows. Yeah, oh, yeah. for especially, sure. Especially your song, um, what was the short one? Uh, Secret? Yeah. I think, Secret, yeah, that one. I was like, oh, this sounds like a Taylor Swift song. I can see this. Okay, cool. Cool, thank you. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> no, of yeah. course. So yeah. you're- you're doing something very well. So yeah. <laughs> Thinking about it too. Like I also, I lived in, I grew up in Colorado for a while. And when I was living there, my parents managed a restaurant that had live music like five nights a week. And I was stuck there because they were both working there. And so I was just like sucking it all in like jazz on Sundays, like bluegrass all week long, like, like country rock, like all the time. It was, it was a blast to grow up surrounded by that until I was eight and then we moved and I became less music for a bit (laughs) what uh what part of Colorado um have you ever heard of it's like outside of Durango Mm -hmm. um it's called Pagosa Springs it's like a beautiful little ski mountain town yeah Yeah. I know I know it very well I'm from Santa Fe so I'm not I wasn't from far there yeah I was I was from just just south of there I lived in Santa Fe briefly like really? for like three months. It's my favorite spot I've ever lived, ever. No shit. It's yeah. probably my least favorite. But then again, I lived there for 20 years. So yeah. <laughs> I, I got a good three month, like rose glasses. Oh, yeah. Santa Fe, Santa Fe is one of those interesting cities. Like growing up there, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Like just was. And then now going back, like me and my fiance will go back for Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, I see why people like this place so much now. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like that going back. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh what you seem like you moved around a little bit. Where where did you head after Colorado and t- tell me your journey? I don't I don't really yeah. know anything about you. So. so yeah, so I um I was actually born in Massachusetts and then 9-11 happened and my parents were like my dad was was like working in New York. He was actually like on a plane on like like they hadn't taken off yet. He was headed to New York city on the day of nine 11. And he like, luckily like wasn't in a bad situation on that day, but like my parents decided like, we need to get out of here. So they moved to Colorado. They were there for like eight years until 2008. And then we came back to New York and I've lived in Massachusetts ever since. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's... We went out to Colorado for a bit. What, uh, what, took the, what took them to Colorado? They actually met as ski bums in Vail when they were, yeah, younger. So they were like, let's go back, like relive that a little bit. That's really cool. Yeah. 
So I, I think you might be younger than I thought you were. How, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 20. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I thought you were older than that. So Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you were like 25, 27, somewhere around there. Oh, my gosh. I get that a lot, <laughs> actually. That's that's fun. That's really interesting. Like, thinking about how people, people perceive you online is like a whole rabbit hole. Um, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even, it was more so like your music, too. You seemed a lot more mature in your lyrics and stuff. So that, really? that was a lot of it, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a... Thank you. I try. Yeah. The lyrics are the thing I work on the most. So if, if you say that, that I'm doing something right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So uh, when when you say you uh, moved back to Massachusetts, was it Boston you lived or did you live outside? Western Mass. Okay, cool. I grew up like in in like a town, like very adjacent to where the Boston Symphony Orchestra summers. So I grew up like going to this like place called Tanglewood all the time, which is like an amazing outdoor music venue that like people go and like bring picnics and listen to like James Taylor and the Boston Symphony Orchestra because there's so much music in the town that I like have spent like the majority of my life and like James Taylor lives there like I'll run into Steve Jordan at the grocery store and like he even knows who I am he's like hey how are you which is so cool um yeah so there's a lot of music there um which also contributed to me my path towards Berkeley because there's so many people like going to Berkeley from there. So was Berkeley kind of always the plan for you out of high school or did you think yeah, about it? Or, yeah, it was. I was very dead set on, I only applied to four schools and I was like, I'm going to go to Berkeley. Yes or yes. Like <laughs> there's no <laughs> other spot I want to go. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. And yeah. what was it, what was Berkeley like, like when you first got on campus that first day, like, what? tell me, tell me that feeling. Okay, I was terrified of everybody and incredibly shy. I thank goodness started in the summer, last summer. So I, I've been going to school for a year straight now. Um, but there were less people around during the summer because it's a summer semester. Berkeley goes like three semesters a year. You can do whatever semesters you want. A lot of people do two or three or one, like however you want to do it. You can just take semesters but yeah it was really cool I moved into the dorm at 270 which is like this beautiful old building that like somebody gifted to the school like a while back like maybe 50 years ago or so and it's just like this gorgeous old hotel that they've transitioned into this dorm building that like is just really old and kind of grimy um but it's really fun and I met so many cool people the first day that I was there they actually are all my best friends now, actually, which is really crazy cool. Um, what did we do? We just, yeah, there was like, from the very first moment of being there, people were like breaking out their instruments. And like, I remember walking into this, like I heard a, a noise of somebody like shredding on the guitar. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and I walked down the hallway and I like open this room and there's like a DJ, somebody's like on Ableton. And then somebody's like, on their bass and somebody's playing guitar and like they're they're just making music like without even knowing each other it was so cool that's very cool yeah that's like that's that's honestly like the one thing not the one thing but the thing i miss most about being in music school was like uh-huh. the spontaneous jams with people that like sometimes you don't even speak the same language you're just like hey e you can do e all right yeah. let's do it. <laughs> it's so freaking cool yeah i like i just went to visit my mom um for Mother's Day. And it's like, it's a little bit, she lives outside of Boston. 
just like 45 minutes and there's like no music people there and it was very strange to be around like completely like music muggles for a second like nobody plays music I was like what is going on here I've been at Berkeley for a year straight it was wild I remember flying back home it was always funny because I would always take my guitar with me everywhere and the looks like so I don't know if you've ever been to to LA or Hollywood but Hollywood Boulevard is just littered with guitar students so you Uh see people with guitar bags up and down the road so I kind of got used to that right Totally. When I would fly back home, I would have my guitar everywhere I went and I would just get the weirdest looks from people like, yeah. what the fuck is this guy doing? Who does he think he is? <laughs> yeah. Like everyone thought I was a street performer or like, you know, like, are you going to play something? Like, oh no, I'm just carrying it just in case. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. It's true. Like here, if you see a guitarist, you're like, whatever, or somebody like logging around, like a huge, like stand up bass, like nobody says anything, but anywhere else it's like, what? <laughs> So who are you, some of your uh, your favorite artists to listen to? Okay, so definitely, I think Taylor Swift is like my roots. I don't listen to her that much anymore. Um, who do I listen to? I listen to Casey Musgraves a lot. I've been listening to um, this band called Destroyer. I think they're really freaking cool. Okay. Um, it's like a lot of like modular synth type stuff like mixed in with like folk music and it's a really cool like interesting mixture and then I love who did I say like I love Japanese the Japanese house in the 1975 and like Phoebe Bridgers and oh my gosh I could go on and on and on (laughs) no please do I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to to, uh, I I just got you on here so that way I could put stuff on Spotify that's it (laughs) (laughs) who else who are, who do you listen to? Man, I love Phoebe Bridgers. She's been, yeah. she's someone that I discovered probably in the last couple of years. Yeah. She's, she's fantastic. Um, I love Ed Sheeran. He's big. Yes. I've always been a huge John Mayer fan. Yes. Um, honestly, I've been listening to a lot of like older countries. So a lot of Brooks and Dunn. Um, I love Brooks and Dunn. A lot of George Strait. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Childers is a really big one for me. Um, yeah, he's, oh man, you got to check out Tyler Childers. If you, he's kind of like a bluegrass male version of Taylor Swift. That is the best way I can put him. Um, not as poppy, but the voice that this man has, oh my God. It's like this raspy, like almost like an old school R&B, like a Chris Stapleton, if he didn't smoke type of sound, like it's just beautiful voice. Uh, Sturgill Simpson is fantastic. Yeah, I could go on all day too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, because you're from Texas, right? Or you're uh, in Texas now? So I'm, I, I actually live in Florida now. I lived in Texas for about eight years. I yeah. lived in Austin. Mm-hmm. Cool. Seems like an amazing city. Yes and no. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very cool city to be in. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of biased because I moved there when it was still kind of like the old way it used to be, like a very hippie, hipster kind of kind of weird person city. And now it's kind of becoming the it city. So it's a little bit different now. Um, yeah. So I, 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 along with a lot of people who moved there around the same time I did, um, don't really like how Austin is now, if I'm just being blunt. 
Um, but it's, it's become a very cool city. I'll say that. So just from the outside looking in, I I see why people enjoy it now. It's, it's a very cool city to be in. Must be bittersweet to like watch that happen over the years. (sighs) You have no idea. I, me and my fiance, um, we moved to new Orleans so she could go to law school. So we, we lived in new Orleans for three years and, um, when we got back, it was 2018, and that's when it had like gone full blown what it is now. Yeah, and it was so wild. Like it was just the weirdest thing to like drive through downtown Austin and like see these big buildings and like rent being insane. Like seeing Skyrise rent for uh-huh. like five grand a month. Like what in Austin? Yeah, it's, it's, it's... Texas. Everything should be dirt cheap. <laughs> you would think so. Not not anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how fast they can put up skyscrapers. They're they're putting up one right next to Berkeley and it's just like, it's almost like a full building already. And it seems like they just started. Yeah, it's wild. They can put up a full skyscraper in like a year. Yeah. It's insane. Crazy. I always wonder like, what what is the quality going to be like over time if they're putting stuff up right? that big? Like- yeah. I don't know. elevators will always freak me out yeah right thanks for saying that because now I'm freaked out to go to an elevator (laughs) (laughs) I was in an elevator today we were looking at finding a new apartment which is just like the biggest absolute hassle in Boston like we showed up to our our showing today and there's like maybe 10 other groups looking at it Uh, and the the realtor was like just so you know like this is a gorgeous apartment and there have been bidding wars this year so just get ready for that so we went up and like the elevator just like was shaking and uh, oh my god I hope we don't get stuck in here and then have to do a bidding war imagine that have you ever been stuck in an elevator before thank goodness no oh it's the worst yes how long Three and a half hours. Gosh. L- luckily, that's not that bad. I've heard some horror stories, but yeah, I was in there for three and a half hours. At my, it was at my mom's old um, office building when I was in high school. And it wasn't like a super big elevator. It was only four floors, so it's, it wasn't huge. But um, we, I got stuck right in between two of them. So the doors, I pried them open, and I was stuck in between two floors. And I'm not a little person, so I couldn't just slide out. So... Yeah, it was, I was just sort of sitting there like, well, this is awful. This is awful. That sounds horrible. I think it like, did it take you a while to like go in an elevator again? No, not really. I, I don't know if I could have done that. I'll, I will say actually in her building though, I started taking the stairs. So yeah. There's that. <laughs> well, it looks a little old and janky. I might give it like a second look like, eh. yeah. How high up is this place? How many? Yeah. Meet you guys there. Maybe <laughs> cardio for today. Um, yeah, literally. So what's uh what's Boston like? I've never been there. Oh my gosh. Um, I would say visit during the summer. Okay. Definitely visit during the summer because it is a beautiful city, but it gets incredibly cold and windy. I don't know why they named Chicago the windy city because Boston is so windy. And I think me and my roommate actually calculated it more windy than Chicago. Like statistically more windy than Chicago. Is this like speed or? I think it might be speed. I'm not exact. 
She's the one, she's the mathlete. I just know all the details. <laughs> I don't know the details. Um, but it's more windy. I would say it's a windy city and it gets really cold, but it's, and it also shuts down at like 9.30, which is like a total hassle. Really? Yes, which is totally strange, like being a college town, but like you can barely get anything to eat past 9.30. Um, hmm. Yeah, but I absolutely love it. There's so many interesting like house venues that I'd say like the commercial side of Boston, mediocre, the underground side of Boston, absolutely incredible. Um, Like the house shows that people put on and like the, the bands that play at the house shows are like out of the world, like so absolutely awesome. It's really cool to like walk to like, there's like the suburb of Boston called Alston and it's like where all the like brat houses and everything like are and you like will walk into somebody's backyard and they're like their basement door will be open you walk down and like there's just like the whole basement is like rumbling from base <laughs> and you just walk in and like you have to wear earplugs or else like you'll be deaf in a couple weeks um from going every weekend but <laughs> there's just like incredible bands that play and people like mosh around in basements and it's a really fun time what kind of what kind of bands are usually playing, or is it like DJs and stuff? Um, there's not that many DJs actually. Um, That's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the DJs. I was really resistant to DJs, but the DJs here have made me actually enjoy like DJ music, which is cool. But there's a lot of like there's a lot of like math rock. Okay. And there's a lot of like indie folk. And there's a lot of like grungy, grungy indie. Those are probably the main ones. There's some like indie rap bands too. It's all really cool. Yeah. A lot of fuzz pedals going on. That's what yeah. I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. A lot of fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. I see LA didn't have that. LA had like, I mean, it had the venues that did that, but most of the bands were awful. Really? Because LA, I'm sure it's still like this, but when I lived there, it was the type of city where you had to pay to play. So anywhere you went, you had to pay them like 200 bucks to get on stage. Plus you had to sell like 25 or 30 tickets, which I don't even have 25 or 30 friends. So yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot of the bands that were playing were only like people who could afford to play. So yeah, it was, it was, it was awful. And like, this was the time when, um, it was a lot of like metalcore was on its way out, but it was a uh-huh. lot of butt rock, like uh-huh. bands that sounded like Nickelback and Seether. And that was, there was yeah. a ton of that around. So not that you'd go in and it would just be these like exaggerated cheesy riffs and dudes with teased hair and like this weird vibe. I'm like, ah, I hate this. Band. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Oh, that's so bad. But did, did you ever play? Oh yeah. Yeah. I luckily I'm made friends with a guy who, uh, was a he promoted a lot of shows at the school so um, i got to play a lot of those places for free and we opened for like stone temple pilots a couple times um opened for pearl mars one time at the mint um yeah that's cool say it again i've heard of the mint yeah the mint is great i love that room it's so much fun it's it's really small but Uh the the energy is always up in there so 
we were usually the first or second band to go on. So it was like seven o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, and every single time we'd go in, there'd be at least a hundred people in there. Wow. Yeah. I prefer forever and always to play to a small room that's packed than a bigger room with more people. That's just like not as packed. It's so much better. A hundred percent agree. I played the, the whiskey a go-go one time. It was when we opened for stone temple pilots the first time Oh my God. There, was, there was three people that were in the crowd and there were more bartenders than there were audience. Members. Yeah. <laughs> and there we are like, you know, we were, me- we were metal bands. We were like, you know, doing what we do. We finished the song dead silence. Just one dude like, yeah. <laughs> it's what you, it's what you're there for. It's always so hard. Yeah. It was, I, I had a blast. Those, those yeah. Gigs. Uh-huh. Those are great. There's a, there's a lot of really good metal bands at Berkeley and I didn't realize it until recently. It was like completely not on my radar until like they have these hallways of practice rooms in Berkeley, like, like hundreds of practice rooms, like maybe a hundred. I don't know how many there are. There's a ton. And I was like, I heard this noise. What the fuck is that? I was like trying to practice for like my final, for my like private instruction, which is like singing like classical music. And I hear this like, and I'm like, what is going on? And I like, I like go out and like check in the practice room next to me. There's this like beautiful little girl singing like death metal, like screamo. <laughs> and it's so cool. That, I, so there's actually a band. I think they're called Pisces. Let me see real quick. It's called Pisces. Yeah, I think they're called Pisces. So it's uh, sorry, Ginger uh, is the band. J I N J E R. But the cool. Yeah, Ginger. But the song was called Pisces, and it uh-huh. starts off like very like prog metal, like drawn out chords. The girls singing like really sweet, and then they just hit this and she like this the deepest fucking snarl I've ever heard in my life, and I'm like, dude, this like hundred pound girl just fucking rip this this is awesome it's crazy for some reason i never thought of people who sing like that having to practice but of course they do yeah and she practices all the time like i hear her all the time it's wild there i just sent you the link to it if you want to check it out at some point cool yeah i totally will it is it is crazy yeah should i check this out now if you want to yeah absolutely i'm always down to listen to it yeah it's like a blind reaction after saving with customized car insurance from liberty mutual i customize everything damn you liberty another one wow i hate when it's two back to back that's the worst i know it's like there we go can you hear this too yep okay good should I share my screen? If you want to, yeah, sure.
life is. Oh, just you wait. incredible i thought it was like i thought it was studio tricks so i watched a live performance no she sounds exactly like that live it is nuts whoa nuts i've cool especially coming from that like super sweet voice just like like you know very like almost innocent and then just this fucking snarl did i lose you yeah okay there we are Oh, I think I lost you. There we go. I Am got I you. Back? Okay. Yeah, I got you. Okay, cool. Great. Yay. Sometimes the Wi-Fi is a little finicky here. I'll That's incredible. It. Yeah, first time I saw that, like I, I don't a friend of mine, I don't even remember who now, but they sent it to me and they were like, Hey, check out this song. And I heard it, I was like, Yeah, this is okay. And then that yeah scream came in. I was like, Oh, okay. All right, I can I can get behind this. Uh oh. My back. Yeah, I think it's okay. good now. Okay, James. cool, cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can you hear me? Yep, yep, you're good. Okay, good. Um, I had never really listened to metal until recently when I I went to this like Ber- Berkeley popular music show. Um, it was like a like a band, like a sampling of bands from the best bands from Berkeley. And there's this crazy metal band, like absolutely insane the bassist I don't think I've ever seen a better bassist in my whole entire life like wild but I thought I was gonna throw up the whole time because like the subs were so insane (laughs) I've never felt that in my whole entire life yeah it's it's being in a metal crowd and playing metal are two completely different experiences (laughs) really yeah, because when, when you're in a crowd, like their whole goal is to like exactly like you said, like hit you right in the gut. Yeah. With everything they do. So and when you're playing, especially like the stuff I did, we never had amps. We just had, you know, line six the like, helixes uh-huh. that you plug into. So there's no sound on stage. So everything's coming into your ears and you control how loud it is, right? So yeah. Like you don't you don't feel any kind of like booms, any kind of anything. The only thing you feel is like air from the drummer. It's the wildest yeah. experience wild yeah because it's definitely i can't believe that you like you don't feel that on stage as a metal performer that's that's crazy yeah it's it's it it took a while to get used to when we started doing the no amps on stage yeah because i was so used to i didn't realize how often i would pull my my ear monitor out yeah i would just sit by my amp and be like using that i had i didn't realize i I did that like the every single gig for like 75 percent of the show wow so like having to like actually sit there and get used to hearing everything in your ears the whole time was such a weird adjustment to me do you feel like it like improved your playing or was it like um i don't know i never thought about it because i've Um, never i've never done a show i don't even have like in ears yet like yeah it it took me a while to get used to in ears Um, yeah i 
I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of them, if I'm being honest. Uh-huh. Um, but so many bands I've played in use click tracks and backing yeah. tracks that you, you can't not have it. Yeah. Um, if I ever can, though, I much prefer having a monitor in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's just kind of few and far between now. Well, at least yeah. here, you know, I, I live in Orlando now and everything's Disney. So everything's kind of just bring a guitar and a cable and then you're good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, there's something about the old school way that's like so much more edgy and cool and like alive. Yeah, it's true. I went to, um, to you know, Jason Bonham, John Bonham's son from Led Zeppelin. No, I actually don't. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, John Bonham, he's a drummer for Led Zeppelin. His son mm-hmm. now has a band that he tours with um, playing old Led Zeppelin songs. Cool. And we went to go see them, me, my fiance and her parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was right around Thanksgiving and when I got there it was like I forgot what it was like walking into an to a, a venue and yeah. seeing like a wall of marshals a wall of ampegs I was like That's oh so shit cool. yes I was so That's excited like, I haven't seen this in so long this is great are you a total gearhead oh yeah totally yeah how could you not be yeah absolutely yeah I have well actually in this room I only have two of my amps but uh-huh. I have um, a hand-wired AC30 in my garage. Cool. And then uh, my number one amp is actually a friend of mine from Houston. Uh, it's called Big Dog Amps. Um, it's essentially a hand-wired 18-watt uh, Marshall Plexi. So you don't wow. have to blow your ears out. Yeah. But I, I use that for everything. Absolutely awesome. everything. Yeah. That's so cool. Do you like, like, are you still playing? Like, do you, are you like a... Like, do you like track stuff for people? Like, is that what you do? No, I'm, I, you know, I tried to do that for a while. That world is just mm-hmm. very cutthroat. I didn't yeah. really, I didn't really like it. Um, yeah. I, I tried to for a while. I, I'm someone who really likes playing out. Um, yeah. So I, I play out as much as I can, you know, the pandemic and then moving to a new city kind of put a halt mm-hmm. on that. So I do have a day job. Um, yeah. But like when I was in New Orleans, that was pretty much what I did was just mm-hmm. play music every day yeah. every night on bourbon and you know make that's, a living doing that so yeah that's so cool that's what I hope to be doing soon but yeah like I I'm becoming a gearhead because I I never really was a gearhead but like now as a producer the studios at Berkeley like we have like U47s just like laying around like yeah freaking crazy like those aren't even the craziest thing like there's like millions of dollars of gear in every single studio and it's like every time I walk in I'm like this is so ridiculous it's surreal like you can't you can hardly get in nicer studios than they have there oh yeah yeah that's that's the way MI was too so I wasn't I was a guitar student but I had a my drummer he was a recording student so yeah we pretty much had free reign of the (laughs) the recording booth whenever we wanted yeah uh, we would always go and like he would always be like look i can't reserve it for more time than like two or three hours Uh but no one's ever in there at three in the morning true so we would go in from like three to seven multiple (laughs) times a month just you know like hoping like please god don't let someone be in here yes okay yeah and we'd like wheel my half stack in and track guitars for hours and hours and hours that was really cool yeah the studios at Berkeley are pretty like full-time booked. Like, like there's like, okay, you have a space from 
2 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then from six to eight, like, like there is no free time in the studios. It's like 24 hours of, of like recording going on. Yeah. That was pretty much MI too. Yeah. Aside from like between like three and 7 a.m. No one was yeah. there. <laughs> Crazy. We were, yeah. I would, I would sleep for like an hour or two and then, all right, time to load my car. Let's go. Uh-huh. It was pretty cool. So fun. So uh, what, what do you, what do you play? I know you have your, your acoustic guitar, but what other stuff do you, do you have to play on? I have one electric guitar. It's just a Fender Stratocaster. Nice. Yeah. It's like sunburst, nothing special, but made in Mexico. So it's like middle, middle, middle range, but it does everything that I needed to do. And I, then- I, I prefer made in Mexico's honestly. Do you really? I've, I've only ever owned one American made. And aside yeah. from that, I've always bought made in Mexico fenders. Yeah. They're great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, I just got this one. It's like a silver flake made in Mexico. It has two humbuckers, but it's coil tapped. So I can do whatever I need to. Nice. And a buddy of mine out here traded me this for uh, an amp that I had. And this thing has been fantastic. I love the trading of everything. It's like, oh, I have a nice microphone. I want that guitar. Do you think we could figure something out? Oh, yeah. It's great. Have you run into like any people who are ridiculous in what they want for their stuff, like trading wise? Um, no, actually, I haven't like, I have a couple friends who are a little bit ridiculous in their tastes i'm like you really need that <laughs> like whoa okay cool um but otherwise everybody i haven't i haven't been looking for new gear so there. there's been some i've been looking into like taylor swift and jack antonoff and there's like a whole like like the old style guitar shop in la they're doing this thing where they're putting like rubber bridges on guitars like have you heard of that on like parlor guitars. No, I haven't heard of this. It's really, really cool. And like, you usually like tune it down a little bit and it just like creates this like beautiful sound for these like old parlor star, like parlor guitars. Um, And so I've been looking on eBay and like Facebook marketplace to like find some like super old parlor guitars. And some of the people like, they're like the the bummiest guitars ever. And they want like so much money for them. Other than that, I haven't run into that. Yeah. That that was what I ran into. I have seen these before. I do know what you're talking about. It makes it almost like a very percussive sound, right? Like kind of almost mutes it, but not really. Exactly. It's super cool. Well, the, the big thing when I was in music school was uh, bands like uh, the Black Keys and the White Stripes were really big. Yeah. And uh, a lot of these like traditional like pawn shop guitars, like old school surf guitars that you could get mm-hmm. like two years earlier for $100 were like $2,000, $3,000. It was insane. Yeah. I was like, I am not paying you two grand for a Tiesco. I'm sorry. <laughs> Supply and demand gets crazy sometimes. It's usually so I, silly. Like living in Florida, I run into a lot of boomers who like really yeah. overvalue what they have. Like they'll have a, I don't know, studio Les Paul, which great guitar. Uh-huh. I'm not, not yeah. you know, nothing against it, but they'll want like $1,800 for it. 
my goodness. Or they'll be yeah. like, and if you want to trade, I want $2,500 in trade. I'm like, what? What's wrong with you people, man? Hey. So silly. I feel like the boomers, though, like they think that, like, oh my God, this is like the best guitar ever. I got it way back when or whatever. Boomers are silly. Yeah, they, they've got an interesting way of viewing the world. They're, yeah. I, I, I thought I knew boomers and then I moved to Florida. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know shit about them. <laughs> Florida's. <laughs> yeah. Florida seems like I am trying to go to Miami soon. It seems like I haven't really been anywhere in the South, like at all. Mm-hmm. I've been to Florida once. Nowhere in the South. Okay. If you, uh, if you love music, Alabama is awesome. Really? Mm-hmm. Birmingham, Montgomery, um, even Mobile. They're, they're all really great music towns. Cool. Um, Mississippi, if you go along the coast, um, Bay St. Louis, um, I'm trying to think of what other cities, um, Port, uh, Port Lucille, Jackson, they're all really, really good. Um, a lot of Delta blues and a lot of like, what I would call like modern versions of like 50s rock and roll are really big there. Cool. Yeah, that's really like, I have a couple friends who who are from the South and playing like bluegrass bands mm-hmm. that are wild and they're like touring around down there, like some in Kentucky and stuff too. Um, seems really cool. So I guess it's time for me to oh, yeah. venture. See, I'm, I'm the opposite. I really haven't been anywhere up North. Like I've been to New York and that's really yeah. about it. So you should come to Boston. It's like, there's so much cool music going on all I the want time. To. Yeah. I want to really bad. Like my hero, Clay Cook, he went to Berkeley and he always talks about like how awesome Boston is as a music town. And I'm like, I want to come such so a bad. good music town. Yeah, you should definitely come. There's like, there's a lot to do here. And there's like not, a, not there's a lot and nothing to do here somehow, you know? <laughs> there's, cool. I don't know if you're like a Red Sox fan, but there's always Red Sox games, like all the time. I, I never realized how like, how many games baseball teams have um i live like i can hear like (laughs) maroon five came and to fenway park like last summer Mm -hmm. and like you can hear we can hear everything that's playing at fenway park it's really cool from my apartment yeah that's cool yeah it's a blast so how how close is berkeley to like that part of boston is it far it's all pretty close like Berkeley, I would say, is like a 10, 15 minute walk from Fenway. Like, that's not bad. Fenway Park. Like, I live like in the Kenmore area, which is like the train stop pretty much closest to Fenway Park, which is like, I can pretty much see Fenway Park from my apartment. No bragging or anything, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no bragging. It's not even a, it's not even a brag. It's just like, I think in Boston, actually, you can see pretty much everything from everywhere. It's that small of a city. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I was shocked coming here, realizing how small it is. Because it's, it gets like, it has a good reputation, like, around the U.S. as being a cool city. But it's, like, really not that big. It doesn't feel like a city to me that much. It feels more like a big suburban town. That's, that's kind of how New Orleans is, too when I was yeah. living in New Orleans. It was, it was way smaller than I thought. 
So yeah. I, I kind of get that. Yeah. I'd say it's a good starter city. Like if you're like, I want to move to LA or New York, like that's where everybody from Berkeley is going. It's like, it's like an appetizer. I'm surprised uh, not a whole lot of people are going to Nashville. Yeah, I think that there might be a little bit of a superiority complex at Berkeley for Nashville. Mm. Everybody's like country music. Couldn't catch me playing that. <laughs> That's how everyone at MI was too. They're, yeah. Was, I have a few friends that were big metal guys that were like, nah, man, fuck that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the next yeah. whatever. We're going to be the next kill switch or whatever. And then like now they're all gigging in nashville like they're yeah. all country guys now like do you feel like nashville's like the spot to be as a musician i i don't know because i haven't lived there um i have mm-hmm. a lot of friends that live there they've told yeah. me that it's become very saturated yeah. um very quickly but if you can get in with the right circles there which is pretty seems like it's pretty easy to do like it, you can do it make a pretty good living there it's all about connections it's literally everybody says it, but it seems like it's like less about your musicianship and more about how like easy you are to work with. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like that, that, that's the thing. So many people don't realize when they get into music is they don't, people don't give a shit if you can play the fastest arpeggio or yeah. fastest sweet pick or the best legato licks, or if you uh-huh. can do a, an entire Bach piece for memory at 220 BPM. Nobody gives a shit yeah. about that, dude. Can you play the chord chart? well mm-hmm. solo tastefully and then not be an asshole that's yeah that's what people care about that's it yeah <clears throat> which is crazy I feel like coming from like a music school like you obviously see this like people are people think they're the next like god everybody yeah. thinks they're the next god of music oh yeah yeah although in my case I did go to school with like the guitar god of the moment um Mateus Asado have you ever heard of him before definitely heard the name yeah yeah he's he's like john mayer called him his favorite guitar player like that's cool and he's like 27 he's so young and like that's really cool yeah i remember walking into school he started after me but i was in my country class and he had a private lesson with my country teacher albano Uh and um i walk in before and i'm like hey do you guys mind if i just sit down and sit up like yeah yeah whatever and this dude starts playing this like beautiful thing. And I was like, oh, shit. what is this? And I was like, dude, did you write that? He's like, oh, I'm just fucking around. Like, that always like hurts my heart a little bit. I'm like, how do you, how are you like this? I gotta, I gotta find one of the, his videos. He is so amazing. Yeah. I'd love to see. Johnny. Mateus That's so cool. I'll send you this one. This is my favorite one he's done. But like every single guy I went to school with, they're like, dude, fuck this guy. But also, also I'm really proud yeah. of this guy. <laughs> uh-huh. No, it's like that. It's like that with Charlie Puth at Berkeley. Everybody and Lizzie McAlpine. Um, I don't know if you do you know Lizzie McAlpine? I've heard, yeah, heard the name. Yeah. Like I know so many people who like are like, I don't know if it's just because they're successful or because they were maker. actually like not super nice in school. But like people hate on people who are successful from Berkeley. I think it's just because they know that they're super talented. Gotta have like, it now. Get it near you. Shop What's Google. that? I think it's because they're they know that they're going to be super successful and really yeah. good. And there's like a little hint of jealousy behind it. Yeah, it definitely seems like there's a lot of. 
Okay, let's see. Oh my god. listen to him like all day long oh yeah i i do sometimes yeah, <laughs> yeah it's if amazing you, if you ever like just want to zone out for a couple hours just throw on his youtube channel or even his instagram like he he is so incredible so cool yeah i love like learning guitar from instagram videos because they're like so so short and you can just be like yeah. 60 seconds like totally easy to learn yeah, I wish when I was learning that that had been a thing because I was I started playing when I was like 13. So that was around 2001, 2002. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, the, like, YouTube wasn't a thing yet. The internet, like you could get tabs, but they yeah. weren't very good. So a lot of it was, uh, I, I used to have a, one of the a tape decks. So what I would do is I would record from my CD to the tape deck, but you could do it at half speed. So I would slow it down and I could hear what they were playing and I'd kind of rewind and rewind and rewind. So I have all these tapes that are at my mom's house somewhere where it's like a song, like, like, let's say I was learning Eruption by Van Halen. Yeah. It would have like everything and then would go and then play the same part over again and then keep rewinding, rewinding, rewinding. That's so cool. I feel like, like, yes, it's so easy to learn songs now off of YouTube, but like, I am missing a certain level of musicianship because I never had to do that. Like, like slow it down. Like I do a little bit, but like, like that gives you something that like you don't learn off of YouTube. Like that's really cool. Do you have a, you have a record player? I do actually. Do it that way. Do it yeah. and, and pull it back and slow it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's what I tell a lot of my, my guitar students when they want to learn a song, I'll say you can get tabs if you want, but if you really want to learn, go yeah. buy the record or, or the single and slow it down and play it and learn it by ear that way. That, that'll teach you that's way weird. more than tabs ever will yeah that's awesome i will do that because i am becoming like a record geek now so fun awesome. yeah it's a fun hobby right <laughs> it's definitely expensive but it's really really fun it, it does yeah. get very expensive do they, yeah. do they have a, a lot of good record stores there um they don't have a lot but there's actually like this one like a couple stops out of like the center of Boston on the train that is like pretty affordable and really, really cool. It's not that big, but it has like everything you need in it. What's your, so what makes you like, like records instead of like throwing something on Spotify? It's like, there's so many reasons. There's so many different reasons. Um, first of all, like I listened to my first record at the studio of the producer that I did my EP with and he is like top of the game like he is working with Bruce Springsteen like Steve Jordan is like in his studio like weekly like he like works with Yo-Yo Ma like he is the best of the best and um he was like let me play you a record I like you haven't ever heard a record really and he put on a Tom Petty record and like I'm sure like it was like 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 a first pressing or something like vinyl like he is like the dude to have that and I just was like 
so struck by how much better the quality of the music is, how much more space there is, like Mm -hmm. so much, like, it's just like so much better quality than anything you can find on Spotify. And I also love the idea of listening to an album front to back and not being like, Oh, what song do you want to listen to? Let's like stick that on. Let's listen to the whole album. I, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't Uh agree more. Like some of my, my favorite memories as a kid was my grandparents had a record player at their house and yeah, we had CDs and stuff, but my aunt who she was a teenager in the eighties, um, yeah. So she had a gigantic record collection that was like everything from the 80s you could think of, Blondie and uh-huh. and Halen and you know, stuff like that. So me and my cousin would go and just grab a random record because we had never heard of these bands before. We would throw them on the record player downstairs at the giant speakers, which were like taller than us at the time. And we would just sit there and I would get the inserts and I would just listen to the albums, and like look at it upside down, yeah. and try to read the lyrics and look at the album cover like really really close be like mm-hmm. oh, this is like almost having like an acid trip as like yeah. a four-year-old you know it's like an experience to listen to music it's like an actual activity not just something you put on in the background which is like such a loss I feel like like I love sitting down and listening to music like like it's a it's an activity in itself it's not like something you do while doing something else I couldn't agree more yeah well, Emma, believe it or not, we're actually at an hour. Wow. Time to fly. That kind of flew by. Yeah. Um, it's been a blast talking to you. I would love to have you on again at some time. Uh, at some point. I would love to be on again at some yeah. point. Maybe like I'm I'm about to release music too. So like Dude, in the yeah. future, once a couple of things have dropped, that would be really cool. Absolutely. I'd love to have yeah. you on. Um, before we go, do you want to tell people where they can find your music, find you online, find your social media, anything like yes. that? Yes. That's amazing. So I am Emma McTeague and you can find me at that name on Spotify and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Um, So Emma McTeague on all of the platforms. Awesome. Emma, thank you so, so much. This was a blast and yeah, can't wait to do it again. Yeah, I can't wait too. And thank you everyone for listening.